Hey everyone, I'm Renee Bennett. Consider me the girl next door, having conversations that will help challenge and shape your worldview in a culture that has turned our moral compass upside down and inside out. To chat with me further, come join me on social media, girlnextdoor.podcast. No topics are off limits. I'm really glad you're here. Now, on to today's episode. Well, hello. I come to you from lockdown land in Queensland. Kind of rhymes. <laughs> um, guys, welcome to episode 104. Can you believe, sorry, I just had to, you probably heard me reaching right away then. I was trying to reach for my phone and quickly turn it off because I always seem to forget. Um, yeah, can you believe we're up to 104 episodes of Girl Next Door? Amazing, amazing. Welcome if you are listening to this on YouTube, um, because apparently that's how some people like listening to their podcasts. All right, so we are going to start a new collection today. I kind of started it last week, but I'm officially starting it today, and I'm calling it the Biblical Sexual Ethic Collection little bit of a mouthful. And today, part one, we are going to chat about why we've taught virginity wrong. Oh my goodness. So I want to unpack today why we've been teaching it wrong all of these years, or at least why how we used to teach it no longer is working and why we need a new narrative. So what you're going to be able to walk away with today are three reasons why how we previously have taught it does not work. Okay, so three good reasons you're going to be able to walk away with. And then in the following weeks, I want to unpack with us a new narrative on perhaps a better way to go about teaching a biblical sexual ethic. And I really want you to share this with everyone. Share this with your friends. If you're a young adult, share it with parents, because this is going to be handy for parents um, with teaching your own kids. Share it with every youth leader that you know, every youth pastor that you know, anyone who teaches in church world, super important. So share, share away. Um, so now for those of you that are part of the book club, by the way, and if you want to know how to find me with the book club, you just need to go to the link in my bio of my Instagram, which is girlnextdoor.podcast. And in the link in the bio, there's a link that will take you straight to the Facebook page, which I think is called Girl Next Door Book Club. Um, and just answer the questions there to join. If you don't answer the questions, I don't let you join because <laughs> I, I don't want bots. I just want to know they're real people. Anyway, we are and have been reading through Brenda Marie Davies' book called On Her Knees. Now, you might not know her name, but you might have heard of her podcast called God is Grey. So that's the book we're reading through. It kind of matches the stuff that we are talking about um, over these next couple of weeks. So she pens her story of being part of an evangelical youth ministry that was taught purity culture. And she talks about how that didn't work out for her. She's got quite a wild story. Um, as you would know, if you've been listening to me the last couple of weeks talking about this, her conclusions are definitely not conclusions that I share. They're not beliefs that I share, but it is good to be, um, you know, challenging our own point of view. So 
Um, Before we get started, let me just say it's really important that you go back and listen to last week's episode that I did um, where I interviewed, and you can actually see the visual of this on YouTube, by the way. So if ever I interview anyone and I uh, record it on Zoom, I always put the visual up. So go there and have a look. But one of our Girl Next Door listeners, Katie, jumped on Zoom with me And I feel like her story is such an important way to begin this series. She actually grew up in the same purity culture in America that the author of this book that we're doing grew up in, but now she lives here in Australia. And I feel like that conversation was so important. So I really want you to go back and and have a listen to that before you embark on this collection with me. Um, And the reason it's so important is because for me, it ticked all the boxes. So Katie's story showed us how, you know, purity culture and virginity teaching can go really wrong. Um, Her story also showed us that the one big ingredient, uh, that there's one big ingredient, I should say, missing from the way that we teach on sexuality and purity, which I'm going to unpack again today in a moment. But it also showed us that we do not have to throw the baby out with the bathwater. In other words, there is still a biblical ethic that we do need to teach. We just need to do it better. You know, we can't just say, oh, purity culture, so harmful. Now go do as you like. Um, now, I have actually shared this recently at our church. I, I'm going to unpack it a little bit more here on the podcast, but I did a sermon a couple of weeks ago at our church on this where I'm like, okay, guys, I'm sitting you down and I'm going to retell the narrative on how we can build a better biblical sexual ethic. And people were blown away. Like I had so many messages of people going, I have never heard it preached about, spoken about, taught about this way before. And it really helped to set a lot of people free and it really helped a lot of people. So um, so I feel like I've kind of trialed it um, in our church. And so now I feel quite confident to be sharing this on the podcast. Now, can I also say before we go much further that this series is titled on purpose, biblical, a biblical sexual ethic. In other words, if you are listening to me and you don't have a Christian biblical worldview, then you're probably not going to share my view um, on sex and virginity and sexuality, and that's okay. Now, I still personally think that anything that God teaches us is always the best way for us to live, right? Like he's the designer, So he knows best. And I always will believe that anything that God teaches will bring us the most freedom and health in our personal lives. But, you know, I don't expect you to follow um, the same lifestyle that I'm advocating for if you're not someone who follows God in your everyday life like I do. So I just want to put that out there. So, but if that is you and you're still listening, honestly, absolute kudos to you for sticking with me and, and listening to this point of view. All right. So let me ask you a question upon getting started. Okay. So what I want you to do is to cast your mind back to what were you taught when you were younger, maybe perhaps for some of you, you're not having to cast your mind back so far as I have to, but what were you taught about sex, sexuality, and virginity? Some of you might be teenagers. I know I've got a lot of young girls that listen. Uh, what have you been taught? What are your views on this? What 
What do you think is right? What do you think is wrong? Do you think there's a right and a wrong? No doubt the answers would be very different between all of us, depending on how you've been raised. Now, for me growing up, it actually was not a huge focus in my church or my youth group, or even kind of like in my household. It's not something we talked about a lot, but I did pick up that sex was for marriage and virginity was something to be held to until your wedding day. That was the goal. But in my life, to be honest, no one harped on about it. It just wasn't made a big deal of. But somehow I managed to do more than okay with my choices. But times have really changed. I feel like when I was a teenager, times just seemed to be so much simpler. Like there were certain rules for our own good and we literally just, we kind of didn't really question them. We were just like, oh, okay, that's the way it's meant to be. And we just obeyed, but it's not really like that anymore. There is so much more information. There are so many more opinions. And the way that I grew up is now considered really to be old-fashioned and irrelevant and in some spaces even harmful. But over the next few weeks, I want to unpack and argue against that, that I think the way I was brought up is far from old-fashioned, far from irrelevant and far from harmful. But times really have changed and culture has changed. But hear me loud and clear, like imagine me saying this in capital letters to you right now. We need to be informed by the word and not by culture. We need to be informed by by God and by his values, not by our culture. Because what's happened is a traditional sexual ethic, such as the one I grew up with, has been completely abandoned. But the problem is, along with it, the entire biblical sexual ethic has also been abandoned. So most of what we're taught about sexuality when we're younger It has all to do with one thing, and that is virginity. And after that, you're pretty much on your own. So let's talk virginity and let's start unpacking why what we have been taught needs to change. So there's really been two approaches to this whole purity and virginity conversation. There's obviously the, on the one hand, there's the conservative approach. And then on the other end of the of the spectrum is the progressive ap- approach. So the conservative approach, that's kind of how I grew up where, you know, we try to figure out how not to let our kids make mistakes by kind of exaggerating and stretching out what we think the Bible teaches, which is aka purity culture. But then down the other end of the spectrum, we've got the progressives, which uh, these are the people that are like, well, you know, they're trying to actively push down and downgrade the biblical holiness ethic of sexuality. So they're kind of more of the view, hey, you can love God. It's okay. We're all human. Do what you want. Feel, do what feels right for you. Now, the intentions on both sides, whether you've been brought up in the conservative side of things or whether you've been brought up with the more progressive side of things, the intentions on both sides have been good. It's because they want people to flourish. They want them to live their best lives. But what happens on both ends of the spectrums, we've ended up teaching things that the Bible doesn't teach. And that is what I want to unpack over the next couple of weeks. We have actually bent and broken parts of the Bible to fit a worldview. And I know some of you on the conservative end will be like, what? No, no, we haven't. But I'll show you that we have. 
but hang with me. So what are the things we have been taught about virginity? These, these are what we have been taught, right? We've been taught virginity is the pinnacle, prevention is the goal, and shame is the means. Am I right? Let me say those again. So the three things that we have been taught about virginity is that virginity is the absolute pinnacle. In other words, the ultimate goal in life, the ultimate thing in life is to remain a virgin before marriage. Okay. That's how we're taught. The second thing, prevention is the goal. In other words, we have to do anything we can to prevent any young person from having sex outside of marriage. And then how do we achieve that? Number three, really it's, it's shame. We've used shame to make people stay virgins. And this is the problem. It hasn't worked. And I'm going to unpack three reasons why it hasn't worked. Because what we've done is we've made particularly young people live in a prison of rigidity to keep them from the world. So let's unpack the three reasons why this hasn't worked. So my first reason is this, it hasn't worked because clearly we have got more people in the church sexually active than ever before. So that's a pretty basic reason how we can see this whole virginity and purity teaching hasn't worked because people aren't abiding by it. They're not they're not listening to it. They're going ahead and they are more sexually active than ever before. Now there's an awesome, look, there's heaps of studies that you can look at, but I've kind of focused on a study that was done in August, 2019, and it's by the Institute for Family Studies. And according to this study, almost three quarters of never married 18 to 22 year old evangelicals have engaged in some form of premarital sex. So clearly for all of the teaching that our churches have tried to do or our mums and dads have tried to do or our pastors have tried to do or the books that they've put in front of us to read, it hasn't worked. Because statistically, and I know, I mean, look, I could cite other studies as well, but statistically, three quarters, almost three quarters of unmarried 18 to 22-year-olds in the church have engaged in some sort of premarital sex. Now, not only is this happening, but even though we've been taught by our churches and we know the clear instruction of the Bible, sex outside of marriage, not only are we doing it, but it's actually become morally acceptable. And this is why we're seeing the big push on social media down the line of the progressives. And a great example is this God is Grey lady. If you have a look, she's even on her bio, I think it says she's positive sex affirming, whatever that means. So now this study made one of the most profound statements that I think I've heard in a long time. Have a listen to this. They said, quote, our culture has moved from an ethic of covenant to an ethic of consent. Just let that sink in for a minute. Let me say it again. Our culture has moved from an ethic of covenant to an ethic of consent. I think that is so profound. You know, we once held covenant as something to be valued. You know, the promise between two people at the altar of a of a wedding, you know, and more than that, the promise that we made between us and God. 
We once held that to be of such high value, but then we had people come along like Josh Harris, who's been a really big part of this shift from covenant to consent. You might've heard, I'm sure you've heard of his book that was so popular back in the day called I Kiss Dating Goodbye. I think every youth pastor and every parent bought this for their, for their young person, I Kiss Dating Goodbye. But a few years ago, not only did he renounce that book, not only did he apologize for writing it because he now deems it harmful, he then proceeded to leave Christianity and, oh, shock horror, while he was at it, he also left his wife. And so you can see he is a very good example of how we have done a very big shift in a small amount of time from covenant to consent. He is a great example of how he kind of has thrown the baby out with the bathwater. Not only did he throw out purity culture, but he threw out any biblical ethic with it. And that's what I think we need to retell the narrative of. Okay, so that's my first reason. My first reason that our teaching on virginity and purity culture hasn't worked is because clearly you can see that young people are not buying it because they're going out and having sex in droves, okay? Secondly, the reason it hasn't worked is this. It's actually not even biblical. (gasps) What? I hear you in shock and horror. How can it not be biblical? And the reason is that kind of teaching that we were brought up on, it relied on shame to keep us in line. Now, shame is not a tool of God. Shame is a tool of the enemy. And here we are teaching shame as a means to sexual success. And that was never God's will. It is never God's will for us to live in shame and condemnation. We all know scriptures like Romans 8 verse 1. So now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. Now, this is the main point I talked about at the start that came out of our conversation with Katie last week, that God is never about shame. God is about the complete opposite, and that is redemption. And that is what we've been doing wrong with this whole virginity conversation. We've made it about shame when God makes everything about redemption. And this is why so many people now have the view that any teaching on virginity or purity is harmful. And in a huge way, they're actually right because the focus has been wrong. Shame is used to to keep people in line. But this is the problem with that. What happens when it doesn't work? What happens when we're the girl or we're the guy that's so-called messed up? Then what? What are we? We're damaged goods. You know, and I really feel like there are people even now listening that you have really felt the weight of shame for things past and present. And this is for you today. That message is not a message from that's come from God. And I really want you to go back and listen to Katie's story again, because she really talks about this, that her story is actually not a story of shame, but a story of redemption. So the whole Bible is about redemption Like, hello, Jesus, that's exactly why Jesus came, to redeem us, to save us. And the other thing the Bible is not about, it's not about prevention. And that's the other thing that we've done when it comes to to purity culture and teaching about virginity. It's all been about prevention. You know, David was one of the biggest messer-upperers in the Bible when it came to sexuality. King David messed up right royally big time, but he didn't mess up and then repent only to come back and teach a message of prevention. The Psalms is a book about redemption. David messed up 
and repented and his message is one of redemption, that he serves a God who redeems and saves, not one who makes us uh, you know, forever feel guilty and shameful. So let me give you a couple of scriptures here about how God is not about prevention, but truth and forgiveness. Ephesians 1 verse 7, in him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace. All right. My last reason. So remember my first two reasons. Um, The first one that it hasn't worked is because clearly you can see young people are not buying into it because they are sleeping around by the bucket load. The second reason it hasn't worked is because it really isn't God's message. It's not biblical the way that we've been teaching it. And thirdly, the other reason it hasn't worked is because we've made the main thing about virginity, but virginity is not the only issue here. So we have focused on purity and virginity like that's the pinnacle, like that is the only sexual sin that can ever be committed by anyone. And then once you're married, poof, you know, fuel. Look, we got that young person to the older. They made it. We don't have to worry about you anymore. And then we just haven't taught about anything else. So all we've taught about is how this huge focus on young people keeping their virginity getting to their wedding day, you know, supposedly unscathed. And then it's pretty much we wash our hands of you and you're on your own from there. And we've stopped teaching holistically about sex and sexuality. But in reality, guys, sexual sin, temptation, that can affect any of us, not just young people who are single, But anyone, dating, married, any age at all, anyone can fall into sexual sin and temptation. But instead, we've just made it this one message, all focused at young people. Um, You know, yes, you can lose your virginity. Yes, you can mess up with a boyfriend or a girlfriend. But what about everything else? What about watching porn? What about being same-sex attracted? What about forming an emotional attachment with someone when you're married? Like, what about people who go on to actually have affairs. There are so many other ways that we can sin sexually. Now, I don't I don't want to go into all the scriptures, but let me give you a few. There are the Bible talks about sins of the mind, in other words, lust. The Bible talks about sins in word and action. In other words, um, you know, like talking about sex in such a way to arouse someone, uh, talking, you know, filthy talk or coarse jesting. The Bible talks about sins where there's action, such as sexual touching, talks about the sin of adultery. It talks about sex for payment, such as prostitution. You know, what about sex accompanied by violence, such as rape? And, And then, of course, we could go into sexual abuse. There are so many different areas that we should be teaching on rather than just making the pinnacle of our sexual teaching about virginity. So we have very unfairly, I think, focused on young people, particularly unmarried young people. But the Bible has so much more to say about all kinds of wrongful sexual behavior. Instead of teaching this holistic Bible ethic for everyone, you know, for single, for dating, for married, for all ages, what we've done instead is demanded a list of do's and don'ts and regulations for young people to get them down the aisle and saying, I do, as a virgin. So in reality, there's just so much more that we need to teach, um, not just to our young people, but to all of us. 
So that's my three reasons. Let me just quickly recap on them again. So the three reasons that teaching the way we have on virginity and sexuality hasn't worked is number one, because we've got more people in the church sexually active than ever before. So it hasn't worked. Number two, it's not biblical anyway, because we focused on shame and prevention instead of teaching about redemption. And thirdly, because virginity is just not the only issue. There are so many more things that we need to teach all of us about, not just young people. So, you know, let me just finish with um, a quote from the On Her Knees book by God is Grey podcaster. She actually says this, purity says that girls are either bad or good, pure or impure based on their virginity. Let me say that again. Purity says that girls are either bad or good, pure or impure based on their virginity. And I actually have to agree with her on this one because that is the message that we've been sending, but it is clearly not the message that God sends through his word to us. So there you go. I hope that that um, just has helped to start off the conversation. I felt like we had to start with where we've gone wrong before we can actually start building a new ethic. Uh, And over the next few weeks, I want to share four or five different ways that we can reshape our narrative and build a much healthier ethic around sexuality that has nothing to do with being shamed out. So, you know, if that if that is your story, guys, today, then I'm really, you know, I really pray that that's helped you today and that um, that the weight of shame can be lifted from you because our God is not a God of shame, but a God of redemption. And I really want that to be the take home message today. So anyway, please make sure that you share this. Um, come and follow me on social media and please join me for the next couple of weeks where I'm going to rebuild a new narrative that I think needs to spread like wildfire um, through, particularly through the church. Anyway, guys, have the most wonderful week, even if you're in lockdown. We are apparently in lockdown until this Sunday. I'll let you know next week if that's the case or not. But if you are in lockdown, my thoughts are with you. Stay busy, stay routined, get up, get dressed every day, um, find things to do to keep yourself busy. I'm with you. I'm actually in it with you. Uh, Love you guys. And I'll speak with you soon. Well, on Friday, if you listen to Parenthood Fridays, see you there. Bye.